Welcome to Let's Talk Seniors. Thanks to Anglican Care with Kylie and Michelle. Anglican Care, we're not only social on the bowling green. Find us on Facebook too. In today's special episode, Michelle and I talk about coronavirus with our guest, Dr. John Ward. Dr. Ward is a prominent geriatrician in the Hunter region and is known for his genuine commitment to the health and well-being of seniors and their carers. We are taping this podcast a couple of weeks after we taped our first 10 episodes and so much has changed in all of our lives in that short time. We thought it was important to take this special episode to reflect some of these changes but in such a fast-moving and dynamic situation as what we are facing with the coronavirus, we wanted to emphasise that any information we discuss today is current as at the 1st of April 2020. Thanks for joining us today, John. Um, could we start by going over... What are the symptoms of coronavirus and how do they differ from influenza? Well, the two diseases may be difficult to tell apart, so I think people are usually assuming that anybody who gets a upper respiratory symptoms associated with cough, fever, muscle aches and pains could either have influenza or COVID and probably should be COVID tested. Sure. It's more likely with COVID, that there will be a degree of breathlessness that is perhaps less often seen in influenza and that mm-hmm. sometimes it's a dry cough. So the combination of a dry cough, fever, muscle aches and pains and particularly shortness of breath is very typical of the COVID disease. John, if someone listening thinks they have symptoms or their partner does, who do they call to determine if they should be tested? Well, I think they call their general practitioner who will carry out a consultation over the telephone. They're now Mm -hmm. paid to do this. And it's up to the GP then to determine whether this is a common cold, an allergy, an episode of rhinitis, or possibly something, say, an effective exacerbation of their usual asthma or chronic airways disease, mm-hmm. or possibly something more sinister such as COVID or influenza. If the GP thinks it could possibly be COVID, then the GP will write out a referral or arrange an electronic referral to the COVID testing centre closest to the patient mm-hmm. and then forward that referral electronically to the testing centre and the testing centre will then ring the patient and arrange for the patient to come in at an appointed time. You can't just go into the centre yourself and ask for a test. And John, I know that just from personal experience, my husband got a little bit worried that he might be coming down with something, but it was late at night and we're feeling quite anxious and concerned. There's actually a a 24-hour coronavirus helpline that people can access. Yes, there is through the Hunter New England system. If anyone needs it out there and grabs a pen, it's 1-800-020-080 and it's 24 hours a day. I'm sure you could also just dial triple O or ring John Hunter and they would be able to put you through. COVID testing people can come to your house if they feel that uh, you're not really in a fit state to come to a testing center, they can come to your house. Oh, that's great. And John, we all want to be doing our best to maintain a healthy immune system during this time. Um, what tips do you have for us? Well, I think the first thing is 
to try not to get overly stressed. And at the moment, there's some good reasons perhaps to be a little optimistic in that the rate of increase in cases in Australia, in New South Wales, and in particular in the Hunter, is less than we had feared. And there's even some possibility that we may be flattening the curve. Now, what we mean by this is that we were terrified that the numbers would continue to go up exponentially. That is, we would have an increase. The number of new cases today would be less than yesterday. The number of new cases tomorrow would be more than today. And the fear of that was that the health systems would be overloaded and unable to cope. If we can flatten the curve, then the virus doesn't go away. You can't relax your consistency of your precautionary behaviour in terms of social distancing, hand washing, staying at home, etc. But at least the health system will cope, they'll have enough intensive care beds and so on. So coming back to your question of how you can maximise the capacity of your immune system, I think the first thing is to try and stress yourself as little as possible. So for most people, the onset of symptoms like you described your husband having will not be COVID. So um, you don't need to think um, that the minute you've got a respiratory symptom that you have COVID. Your chances of having COVID are small at the moment Mm -hmm. in the hunter. So if we can try and relax a little bit and realise that if we all behave properly, we can get through this, then we can minimise our stress, which then minimises the attack upon the immune system. It's stress that really undermines your immune system. The production of cortisol and other stress hormones really do attack the immune system. Now, apart from that, it's best to get as much rest as you need, which means seven to eight hours sleep, more if you need it. I'm finding a lot of people at the moment are needing a bit more sleep than that, sleeping for sort of nine hours. Whatever sleep you need, take it. For all your aged care needs, choose Anglican Care, where every moment matters. Eat as healthy a diet as you can. Probably much more important what you don't stick into your mouth than what you do stick into your mouth. So it really doesn't help your immune system if you eat foods that you shouldn't be eating. If you're eating foods with high levels of sugar, additives, colouring, what I'll crudely call crap food, you're really undermining your immune system. It's been spending its time trying to deal with those foreign material and not keeping its eye on the ball in terms of viruses or other things. No, that's good advice. However, it's still important to look at what you do eat and try and maintain a balanced diet. We know that probably the best diet is a sort of Mediterranean type diet. Don't suddenly go on a an unusual diet or a paleo diet or a totally something or other diet. Just stick to a balanced diet that has some sensible carbohydrates and fruit for breakfast with some protein 
you do need some protein at every meal. So if you're not having a breakfast like bacon and eggs, which gives you protein, and you're just simply having cereal and fruit, the best way to get the protein is to have a little protein powder, which you can easily obtain from the supermarket or chemist. Then for the rest of your day, make sure there's a lot of fruit and vegetables, small amounts of protein in the form of fish, chicken, meat, and limit the amount of refined carbohydrates in the form of sweet food. Limit the intake of alcohol. At the moment, for myself, I've taken myself off alcohol entirely. But for some people, one glass of wine or something a day, they can cope with it very well. I would think more than that would be not helping your immune system. Apart from diet and sleep and trying to relieve stress, I think exercise is very important for your immune system and for your psychological health. And you are allowed under the regulations to go out and have a walk every day. So a walk for half an hour plus some resistance exercises would be marvellous. Sounds like all those good things that we know we should be doing are becoming even more increasingly important for us to do at this time. And a lot easier, Kylie, because we've got the time to do it. Yes, well, staying at home and, and, and self-isolating certainly does give us more time to do these things, doesn't it, John? And I was just going to ask as well, what about the flu shot? Would you recommend that it's really important to get that this year, even though it doesn't protect us against coronavirus, it does help ward off other flus? It's not important, Kylie. It's absolutely crucial. Okay. Um, yep. I've been out to have mine this morning. Uh-huh. I now have the old man's one. I've been to get that this morning. And for most people over 65, they do need the um, uh, the enhanced flu shot. But it's uh-huh. now available. So go out and get that as quickly as possible. What you don't want is to get flu and yeah. um, then, I, then to reduce your immune system because of the flu and yeah. expose yeah. yourself to COVID. Or the other thing, of course, is if you get the flu, you'll get caught up in the COVID system even though you, you don't have it. Yeah, I think that's really important to stress to people how important that flu shot that is this year. Tell your friends about Let's Talk Seniors by Anglican Care. They want to be hip too. So, John, um, being, being told to stay at home each day as we just sort of raised with the need for us all to do that, it can certainly raise a person's level of stress and anxiety, which we're trying to not get people to do. So how can seniors manage these feelings under such extraordinary circumstances as we're facing at the moment? Look, it's easy, I think, if you're the sort of person who has activities that you like doing at home, like gardening, cooking, reading, puzzles, playing games, watching documentaries, these sort of things. It's probably most difficult for people who are alone and for Mm. people who are not used to having a fairly intensive sort of intellectual life whose life has been predominantly social or people who have high levels of anxiety. Mm. I I think they're the ones we're all feeling for at the moment. Mm. Um, If that's the case and you have family, try and arrange for regular Zoom sessions with them or Skype sessions. Mm. Telephone chats. I know that we, my family, were all talking daily 
arranging regular Zooms. We have little Skype cheese and wine in the evening. Anything where you can relieve your sense of loneliness and anxiety and share the burden with other people. We are trying at the moment to develop some sort of list of services that are available to help isolated people. And mm-hmm. I'm working with Patria Dukes of Newcastle Council and with the ACAT team to get this ready. How we get this out to people will be interesting. It'll obviously be put out on online. Mm. That assumes that people are online. Um, yeah. For those people that aren't online, locally we're going to leak for the suburbs and then mm-hmm. that's other people could do that. But I think it's important for, because this is going to go on for at least six months, one would think, yeah. and people are going to need help with things like how do I repair my roof, how do I get the lawn mowed, how do I cut my hair, uh, apart from how do I get my groceries and pharmaceuticals and so on. Yeah, well, that sounds like a great resource, John. We'll keep our eyes out for that, and when it's available, we might put that on the Anglican Care website as well if we can. Yeah. The other mm-hmm. vaccine that people need to think about is the um, pneumococcal vaccine. Now, hopefully, most people will have had this. You're supposed to get it when you turn 65, mm-hmm. but if there's anybody who hasn't had the pneumococcal vaccine, they should make sure they get that too as soon as possible. And, of course, the other vaccine that's now available free of charge for older people is shingles. And, you know, at this time of stress, uh, when the immune system's compromised, that's exactly the environment where shingles flourishes. And that's the last thing you need is shingles. So, John, seniors out there might be wondering, just say they are super social people and then just not used to being at home, what do you think they could do on a daily basis? What could a little routine look like to keep them um, occupied? Well... My wife and I start our day with exercise. We're fortunate to have a little home gym we go out to first and then we go out for about, I, I walk for half an hour. My wife is fitter than me, walks about three quarters of an hour. We then come home and it's time for coffee and read for a little while and then you can do whatever you want to do after that. For me, it's usually the computer. But there are now brilliant apps available for Pilates, for yoga, for Zumba, for exercise classes. Um, these are all, and I think there are free apps. Um, mm, apps you can put that on your website. I don't have time for that, but I do. There are a lot of blogs that are free that you can read. There's a million podcasts, blogs. You could spend all day on interesting podcasts and blogs. You can get audio books. All the libraries now have e-books that you can read online or you can get them by audio. I think the streaming services are expanding quite a lot. So, you know, whether you've got Netflix or Stan or Foxtel, there will be interesting things to do. I think the risk is that people will spend most of their day watching TV, and I would certainly warn against that. But a mixture of things like mix it up, do some reading, do some exercise, do some cooking, do some talking on the telephone, play some games, get yourself a jigsaw puzzle, go out in the garden, uh, even if it's just a little veranda, you know, a little window bay garden, get something going. It's amazing how quickly the, the day goes past. Mm, it's important to get that vitamin D and sunlight as well, isn't it, John? That's good for your immunity too. Yes, 
probably at the moment it would almost be advisable for most people to get a vitamin D supplement. Mm-hmm. The problem with vitamin D in old people, it's usually not due to exposure to the sun, mm. the fact that your skin has aged and your kidneys aren't functioning as well as they used to. So you know, quite a high proportion of older people are vitamin D deficient. And for example, in nursing homes, we find that almost 100% are vitamin D deficient. So we just give them vitamin D supplements without even testing them. Vitamin D is cheap as anything. You can buy uh, vitamin D from the pharmacy or the probably the supermarket for very little money. Take a tablet a day, a capsule a day, and um, you've got that out of your system. And that's very important for a whole range of bodily systems, but particularly for muscles and balance and bones, but maybe for other things as well. Uh, finally, John, seniors over 70 are being instructed by the Prime Minister to stay at home in self-isolation as are the rest of the population and adhere to the social distancing measures. What are your thoughts on the importance of following these measures? Look, I think it's very wise. There's no doubt that this disease can be a severe one in older people. And we saw last night on the 7.30 report about that very fit, 73-year-old man that came back recently from the cruise and tragically died fairly mm-hmm. rapidly. No pre-existing comorbidities. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is not a disease to be taken lightly. And I think the evidence, at least at the moment, we can hope that if we all continue social distancing, spend most of your day at home, go out if you need to for shopping, but try and limit that to once a week or twice a week at the very most. But, you know, mm-hmm. we have to go out for necessary groceries and pharmaceuticals. Most of our consultations with doctors can be done over the telephone, but we may have to go out for testing and things like that. You don't need, if you're well, to wear a mask. That's not protective. If you go out, if you have respiratory symptoms, of course, you must wear a mask. But I think those principles of Trying to limit the amount of time that you're exposing yourself is very sensible. And if you go out for a walk during the day and you're going to pass somebody on the sidewalk, one of you just walks out on the road for that brief distance. Everybody's very understanding at the moment. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. John, in one of our other podcasts, I told you I'm an avid vitamin taker. And I just wanted to get your thoughts today on taking vitamins to boost our immunity at this time? Is that important? Look, I think it's important to make sure that your diet includes sufficient antioxidants and they would be things like green leafy vegetables, citrus and things like ginger and garlic. They would be very helpful for your immune system and certainly not going to do you any harm. There would be a lot of people at the moment thinking about spending a lot of money on other supplements. Things that have been talked about have been viral immune boosters, selenium, zinc, and so on. I don't know that there's solid evidence for any of those, and you could spend an awful lot of money for nothing. And the other risk, of course, is you've got to make sure that it doesn't interfere with the medication that you're already taking. Thanks, John. We really appreciate you joining us at this really challenging, uncertain time for us all. And 
we really love your down-to-earth common sense advice and approach and certainly I learned some new things myself from today's podcast. So if seniors out there are looking to pass the time at home and looking to fill up some of their day, why not subscribe to our weekly Let's Talk Seniors podcast? Season 1 has 10 episodes that cover an array of topics especially relevant to seniors living healthy lives. Available on Apple and Google Podcasts and our Anglican Care website, which is www.anglicancare.com.au. Please be safe, everyone, and connect us during these extraordinary times. We're thinking of you all. Thank you. Thanks, Kylie. Thanks, John. Thanks for coming. How can we make your life easier? Or what would you like to know more about? Click on our podcast link at anglicancare.com.au and let us know. We can't wait to hear from you.